Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies, and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So today, probably one of our most famous, I'm going to say guests, that I am thrilled and elated. We finally got our schedules to cooperate. We are going to be talking to Dr. V. She is a celebrity cosmetic dentist. She was youngest graduate of NYU dental school, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. But more importantly, she's got this passion for all things oral health and beauty wellness and building confidence. There's so much that we can go into. So I'm going to leave a lot of time for her. So none of my babbling. So with that, I say, Dr. V, thank you. Welcome. We're thrilled that you can make it. Thank you so much. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. So we always start with, tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Okay. So a little bit about me. I'm a cosmetic dentist. As you had just said, I practice in both New York and LA. I'm a native New Yorker, but go back and forth. I have an interest in smile transformations and how that affects patients' confidence and overall health. And professionally, I'm working on just growing both of those practices and seeing where we could take them. Our practice is female founded and run. So my entire staff is women. Um, Yes. And 90% of my demographic is women too, as far as patients go. So we're all about women power and empowering women and making them feel more confident. And that's what we do. I just love that you said the smile and how the smile correlates with confidence. So can you talk a little more about that where obviously if someone is not happy with however their dental situation is, maybe it's crooked teeth, maybe it's a chip, maybe it's you know worse or what have you, what do you find? So you're right. The confidence is very much impacted by the smile. I find like in my practice, when we do smile transformations, we see not only a transformation in the smile, but a transformation 
in a patient's confidence, their self-esteem, um, the things they're willing to take on in life. So yeah, there's definitely a huge mental and emotional component to what we do for sure. And then how much can somebody's mouth, dental health tell you about their overall health? I always liken the smile and the teeth to the rings of a tree. We can tell so much about a patient's overall health just by their mouth and their teeth. Things that are going on systemically in the body, a lot of times will show up first in the mouth. And to that point, the mouth is also one of the first places that aging shows up. Our mouths are the most used part of the body as well. We're constantly eating and chewing and talking. So the mouth does take a brunt of the force. It is something that when isn't healthy can really affect someone's function as well. Eating, speaking, all those things. I didn't know the whole thing about the aging. And actually, now that you say that, good God, it's so true. We've used our mouth our entire lives, as in the rest of our body and all of our organs. And I recently... I guess, come to terms with my age where I said, even though I don't feel it and I try and stay in good shape, still my body is 61. My organs are 61 and I really have to take care of it. That's your, that's your chronological age, right? Correct. Correct. And there's your biological age, which could be different. You could very well be younger than 61 right now. I I am, but thank you, Dr. (laughs) V. I am. (laughs) (laughs) If you insist, the doctor said so. Okay. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, No, I I definitely am. So let's maybe work our way back. So we're into, let's stay in the anti-aging arena here. What happens as we age? What happens to our teeth? Do you find as you get older, do teeth crack easily? And, and it, is there things that we can do to prevent those? Yeah. So as we get older, the teeth can chip, they can stain, they shorten, and that really affects the way the whole face looks. And that can affect the way you function too. When teeth are chipped and they've worn down, that can affect the way you eat. That can cause some TMJ pain and headaches. So the effects of what goes on in your mouth travels beyond your mouth right? It can extend to other parts of your body and affect the way you function as well. So we see the chipping, the staining, the loss of height of the teeth when they wear down and the teeth actually support the face. They support this lower third of the face. So it has a lot to do with facial aesthetics as well. So when things start to go awry, how much relies on genetics versus lifestyle, or is it just the combination of how your teeth may wear? I think it's always a combination of genetics and lifestyle. I think we can, in some ways, control our genetics in a way. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're predisposed to things, but genes can be turned on and off based on external factors. So it's the whole field of epigenetics, right? Which is so cool. And just because you have a genetic predisposition to something, you can actually reduce your chance of turning that gene on by taking better care of yourself, by your external surroundings. So when it comes to oral health, I think, yeah, some people are just genetically predisposed to a certain condition 
or to say periodontal disease or cavities. But I do believe that you can, in most instances, curtail the effects of that, maybe not eliminate it completely, but certainly control the degree or the magnitude to which that gene is expressed. So I do believe we have a bit of control over what happens in our bodies, Mm -hmm. our mouths, even with genetic predispositions. So what is a smile makeover? Someone comes to you, they've got some stuff happening, and then you probably take one look or a few looks and be like, oh, wow, we can really change this up. What does it entail? So a smile makeover in my practice is metal-free dentistry. It's porcelain restorations. We look at the smile. We see what your condition is affecting your function. Are you chewing properly? What is the appearance of your smile? How is that affecting you? And then we come up with a treatment plan and in some cases, redesign your smile for better beauty and function. It's never just beauty and it's never just function. It's always the two together, beauty and function are what yields a healthy smile. And what that could look like is a simple porcelain smile makeover with very minimal preparation veneers, which is fairly conservative. It could also look like a full mouth rehabilitation where we have to replace old crowns that have been there for 30 years. We have what we call open up the vertical dimension, meaning restore any space that's been lost, restore vertical tooth loss that's been lost over time, kind of restore the smile to its natural condition. So it can range from the simplest of things to pretty complex cases. It really depends what the patient's needs are and what their goals are. So veneers, porcelain. That's the material that you're making from. Is that something that is applied to every tooth? Or is that something that if I was going to get a makeover, like would all of the teeth be involved? Can you do some and not all? What happens? Porcelain veneers are thin shells of porcelain that are bonded onto your teeth. Porcelain is a glass-like material that on its own is actually quite fragile. But when you bond it to a tooth, it gains so much strength, it almost becomes as strong as your own natural tooth. And the things we could do with porcelain veneers are we can brighten the smile. We can make your teeth brighter than they would naturally get with whitening. We can change the shape of the teeth. Mm. So if you're not happy with the shape of the teeth, we can change that, make them larger, smaller, more feminine, more masculine with straighter edges or feminine with rounder edges. We can broaden the smile, widen it for more cheek support and fill in any dark negative spaces on the sides of your smile. And in answer to your question, how many porcelain veneers does someone need? It depends. Every patient is different. We really need to evaluate their smile, their face, what it is exactly that their goals are with their smile. Typically, I'd say for a smile makeover, the least I would do is four veneers. And that's like a very conservative, simple case. You know, if somebody really loves their smile and maybe has some old bonding, old filling material in the front four teeth, and we just kind of do a mini makeover. And the most I've done is all the teeth. So it can run the gamut of anywhere between the least and the most. 
What we do to evaluate that is really look at the patient's face. We take models, we make molds, we get stone models of the patient's smile. And then from there, we can actually do a smile design. So we do what we call Mm. a mock-up or a wax-up on those models to kind of show what the smile would look like. So if we say, for instance, we want a broader, more feminine smile, we can create that on a model and then transfer it to the patient's mouth in temporaries. And then the patient can live with that and we make adjustments. So it's a very predictable process to get to where we want to get it. And the patient feels more comfortable seeing every step of the way. I was going to say, could be like, yeah, that's great. And then, okay, what do you think, Stephanie? And I'm like, okay. Exactly. Exactly. We always try it in and make sure the patient's comfortable in temporaries for a period of time. And we, the temporaries are malleable so we can adjust them. And once we get to a point where we're happy with temporaries, we then relay that information to our ceramist. Our ceramist is the artist that actually creates these veneers with a paintbrush. These are all handcrafted and handmade. And he uses that as a guideline to create the final smile. Well, that's an interesting line of work. It sure <laughs> is an interesting line of work. Right? I was just like, tough wow. So growing up, my mother had her teeth removed and then had a full front denture. Back then, they were big to like do bridges or something like, you know, our relatives would always like take their teeth out and scare the kids. And here with the veneer idea is that you're keeping your teeth and working with them and using them in tandem. There are cases when, yes, we can use the teeth that the patient had. We always try to be as conservative as possible. We always try to salvage as many teeth as possible. My philosophy is conservative is best. Sometimes less is more. There have been times when I've turned patients away. Um, But there are times when uh, a smile makeover requires more than just veneers. It could be a veneer, it could be crowns, but it could also be implants. So when patients come in, we first assess the health of the teeth. We assess the overall periodontal health, which is the health of the gums, the gingiva, the bone, assess if the teeth are salvageable. And if they're not, there are some instances where the teeth are just not healthy enough to have a veneer or crown placed on them. In that case, we would have to do an extraction and place an implant. So in answer to your question, sometimes smile makeovers are actually a combination of a lot of different things. It could include surgery, which is implant placement. It could be veneers. It could be crowns. It could be bridges. Sometimes we have to do orthodontics prior to a case. Mm -hmm. Some cases have patients where they've got a lot of old crowns and now the nerve is affected. So they require nerve treatment with an endodontist. So there's a wide range of where a treatment plan can fall and everyone's plan is different. We do try to be as conservative as possible when creating these plans for patients. I just find it so interesting how you're in this wonderful niche. So growing up, did you always want to be a dentist? Growing up, I always wanted to be some sort of doctor or medical professional. And I went to art school growing up and was always very creative. So cosmetic dentistry 
and dentistry just seemed to be the perfect fit and marriage of the two. And that's how I ended up going to dental school. And then clearly found your calling. Yeah, I would say maybe found my calling, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I, I mean, it's just so interesting of the detail that's involved and the process. If I was doing a new smile, if I was doing all porcelains, if I was just going to get a little confidence happening, what's the timeline? This has to be a little bit of a process because you've got to get information to the artist to make them. What's the timeline and does it all happen all at once? Yeah, everyone's case is super unique. Depending on what the needs are, timelines can vary from anywhere three weeks to three months to sometimes even six months if we're healing from implant surgery. Mm -hmm. The takeaway though is at all points throughout that process, the patient should be and is aesthetically stable, meaning they're never walking around with a clearly missing tooth. You -hmm. always want to make sure that you have some sort of temporary in place, making sure that Mm -hmm. the patient's comfortable enough to step out into the real world. So while some of these cases can take some time, especially with other procedures, periodontal and endodontic mm-hmm. procedures that are involved, you know, it's a very carefully planned out process with specialists, with our specialists. And um, through every step of the process, we do make sure that the patient is stable. That's our goal. So we can't always know how long it'll take for a patient to heal. We can guesstimate, but they're always comfortable throughout the process. How do you become affiliated with or get on a celebrity route or a celebrity clientele? I know that you have worked with the Miss America organization, the Miss Universe organization, the New York Giant Cheerleaders. Do you meet one person one day and then it just kind of takes off? So in answer to your question, how does one go down the celebrity route? Mm -hmm. I don't think it was ever a goal or intention to see a lot of celebrities. I think that really the key with any business is establishing a brand and business that really reflects your values, that has integrity, where your reputation sort of speaks for itself. And that takes a lot of hard work and a lot of years And then eventually things and opportunities will come your way. So I think that needs to be the starting point always is Mm -hmm. building a business and a practice founded on integrity that really reflects who you are, who your team is, and the purpose you want to bring to the world. And I think that that trickles out and eventually you start to attract the patients that are aligned with you and your practice. And One of those things that happened with our practice was in kind of defining our values, in defining what we want to represent and building our brand identity, you know, an opportunity came up to work with Miss USA and Miss America. So I think it's important to align yourselves only with organizations and people whose values you're aligned with. And when it comes to Miss USA and Miss America, I mean, as an all-female practice, female founded and run, obviously empowering women through those organizations like that was aligned with our purpose. It's not just a beauty pageant. All of these girls are doing things. 
Often this is a stepping stone for them to higher and bigger things. It helps them build confidence. We're part of that process. Mm -hmm. So we've made a point of really aligning ourselves with organizations that we feel reflect our values. And you have to say yes to opportunities because you don't know what doors they'll open. So that's kind of how we've done it. And now you're on two different coasts and making it work. Working on making it work. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're doing just fine. The women-run, women-owned empowerment, was that always important? I think that supporting women and women empowerment became more important as my career and my business evolved. Seeing how being a first-generation American here, like the first one born in this country, and how much effort it took to kind of get anywhere made it more apparent as time progressed how important it is to support women, support education for girls, not just in the States, but in developing countries. Obviously, opportunities in other countries don't exist the way they exist here. And I think it's important to recognize that and how important educating girls in the States and other countries is just to the advancement of whole communities, economies, health systems. I really think it's the foundation of growth everywhere. It's interesting because back in a thousand years ago, a lot of girls in my peer group that I knew were dentists and they went to dental school. This was a long time ago. And I was just like, wow, this is Mm -hmm. fantastic. And, you know, how many people are dental hygienists also just getting into the field and then decide they're going to take the plunge. So it's nice to see. And a lot of the industries are male dominant, but yet we're breaking into it. And we have for a while, but more importantly, supporting. Very important. Exactly. I'm a huge, huge supporter of women-owned businesses and Mm -hmm. educational programs that are set Mm -hmm. up for young girls that sort of steer them away from Instagram culture. Not that there's anything wrong with Instagram, but like shift the focus a little bit. It's a double-edged sword of not that there's anything wrong with it, because we will be talking about like your Insta handle in a minute and what have you use it. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do. But there's also a bigger purpose in life and making a difference to actual people versus you just showing everybody what you got on Amazon today and, <laughs> and the colors it comes in. Right. Uh, you know, why, and why do I even know this? Because I watch the videos. Yes, I think that that's a really good point. I think that. Instagram and social media definitely has its place. I think it can Mm -hmm. be used as a tool. I look at Instagram and social media from the lens of a business owner. How can I educate my patients? How can I just show what our business does or our brand identity? How can we use Instagram as a tool to sort of Mm -hmm. get patients to see what we do and all of that? But you're right. There is a bigger purpose that we need to sort of educate a certain generation on in terms of there's more to it than posting what you ate for lunch that day. 
Correct. Of which I did post last night's dinner. You did post last night. I also believe that social media and Instagram, it's a tool, right? But I think that the whole idea of privacy too, and uh, having moments that only you share with a few people, that's kind of been lost too. The specialness of things. Definitely been lost. Yeah. It's that double-edged sword. And then hopefully you keep doing what you're doing and giving people perhaps hope, maybe some, a little education and someone who might not be that happy with how they do look. And they think, well, this is it. My mother had crooked teeth. We all had crooked teeth. So I'm just going to have crooked teeth. Meanwhile, the options are definitely there. That's a really good point. I think a lot of times patients come in and they don't know what's available to them. So the key takeaway with what we do is that there's always a solution, even if it's, it might be a little difficult to get to at first, there always is a solution. That's my favorite thing about dentistry. It's a very solution-oriented science. Generally speaking, we can get creative and figure it out. So I think that you know, instilling hope in patients is important when they come in and think, well, genetically and my whole life, I mm-hmm. had terrible teeth. You know, There's a way to circumnavigate that and come up with a solution. I love that because everything is filled with possibilities and solutions are important. Love, 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 love. So with this, I can definitely delve more, but I want to keep them guessing a little more and wanting more. (laughs) As we were talking about social, where are we going to find you? Where do you normally hang out? Is it on Insta? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our our business definitely uses Instagram. It's Mm -hmm. DR Victoria DDS, DR Victoria DDS. Okay. And that's your Insta thing and which we'll put in the show notes. And then also, is there a website they can find you or are they going to find you a link? And if they happen to be either in California or New York for, to visit you in the practice. Our website is www.feitzmandds.com. Spelled out in the show notes that we will definitely take care of. So I'm so glad that we made this work. Thank you. It was was a lot of coordination. I appreciate you taking the time out of Of your schedule. We're going to definitely check out the website and follow on Insta. Everybody, don't forget, don't negate. It's important to all of us. And the smile is the gateway. I love that. Keep it looking Thank you as so much. as you can. Thank you, Dr. V. Appreciate Thank it and everything you, Stephanie. that you're doing. And everybody, I want some comments. I want to know what you're doing about your smile. And if you need some help with it, website, joyfoundhere.com. Comments, always get them. Love to read them. And also, I want to see some reviews. If you like what you just heard, we would love and appreciate five stars. If you feel like giving the five, I know you would. And until the next time, appreciate all of your support. And thank you so much for checking in week after week. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.